think of search site social. What shows up in search when people research you? Is that building credibility or removing it? How is your site displaying your story, your content, your credibility, um, your uniqueness? Most, most agent sites don't. And then last is, does your social media profile build credibility or reduce it? A lot of agents, social media uh, profile actually removes credibility uh, because they're not keeping active. And I, I look at it and there's been no post for six months. That's actually, actually a credibility remover. So I would delete your social media profile if you're not going to be using it on a consistent basis because it, it, it can actually remove your credibility. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui. I'm back today. Uh, you guys should be excited. I'm excited. I, I wanted to, to come on and do the interviews today. I know you guys have heard some of my guest uh, hosts on here lately. You've heard Shelby running the mic. You've heard some of our uh, King's Table podcast stuff. But I want to get on today to interview my friend Trevor Mock. Trevor is the founder, CEO of Carrot. Uh, Carrot, is, Carrot helps build investor and agent uh, websites. But the biggest reason, you know, Trevor and I want to talk, we've been, I mean, we grew up in the same town. We've had a lot of close relations for a long time. We're in similar industries. We even have some competitive products with each other. But our conversations about what's going on with the market, it's always just great and entertaining. And I think we get to, we get to learn from each other. So we're as excited. Uh, we're probably more excited about this conversation than you guys are, but I hope you guys buckle up and be ready to listen. Trevor, what's new, man? Aaron, dude, I, I appreciate the invite back on. And and yeah, like you said at the start, you're always one of the first guys that pops up for me where I go, I want to learn what the heck is happening in the real estate market and get ahead on it. You're you're one of the first guys that pops up. Like Aaron probably knows. He's He's got his hands in so many parts of the real estate market. And so everyone listening, keep listening to Aaron, uh, to Aaron here and real estate rock stars. But pumped to be on, buddy. Yeah. So you're out in Oregon right now. The uh, summertime's almost over. Kids back in school yet? They're not. So they, they go back in school uh, in our in our school the day after, or it's after Labor Day, which is cool. Because uh, I know a lot, of, a lot of kids are going to school before Labor Day, which is mind boggling. Because when we were kids, it was always after Labor Day is when you go back. So yeah. Yeah, they're, they're a couple weeks away. Uh, the family's actually down at the lake cabin up at Lake of the Woods right now. Uh, today and tomorrow, uh, it's kind of enjoying the last shot at the at the lake cabin and winding things down before it goes. Yep. So the so you have um, essentially so you follow real estate all over the U.S. because you have mm -hmm. clients all over the U.S. and I know that half your clients are real estate investors and half your clients are real estate agents. Mm -hmm. And you know I've been talking to everybody a lot on here about you know every market is different, but in general volume's been down quite a bit. Yep. It actually looks like what most of the stats I started looking at on some of the data center stuff was prices are about what they were a year ago. So like mm -hmm. year over year in most markets, they're like almost flat, maybe up a couple percent or down a couple percent. Most are down a lot in the last two years, yep. price-wise and volume-wise. What are you seeing? What are you hearing from your clients, your customers? Like just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what's that real estate market been like? Yeah, dude, I, I, I was talking with some of our, our Epic Plan members this morning, um, uh, Adam down in, uh, in Dallas, Texas, Adam, uh, Adam Mitchell and Lance Doty, the home buying guys. They have an agent, a brokerage and retail, and they're getting really consistent leads. Still, the, the lead flow, like in general, what we're hearing is lead flow is strong. Closing those leads oftentimes is trickier right now or more difficult. I was talking with Eric Martin, uh, one of our Epic members um, uh, earlier. They do usually 20 to 40 transactions every month on the wholesale side. I mean, they're, they're cranking. They have a big business. Uh, he said they had massive revenue for a couple months and then they were down by 30% uh, last month. And it wasn't because of leads. All right, there's plenty of leads that are happening. It was closings. 
it was it was once they got the contract or a lot of canceled contracts and we've been hearing that with a bunch of people that in this season i don't know if it's a summer thing i don't know if it's a a season uh, of the real estate market thing lead flow in general has not been a problem for our, our you know six thousand plus clients it's been really the competitive nature right now of getting someone to actually the closing table whether they're a retail or a or an off-market property has been a challenge yeah. there's some things that we can talk about on why i think that's happening and what some people are doing but leads are plentiful right now y'all and so those of you that are doing marketing well and you have a database uh and you're following up with them well i always call it a slingshot it's like eventually that demand that is happening here and i can show data if you want but that demand that's happening and then leads that are converting if they're not converting into into a, a closed deal eventually they will and so it can slingshot back where the closed deals will happen once all those perfect elements come together where that seller is ready to sell. Yeah. As long as you've got that follow-up. We've been yep. working really, you know, it's, I, I do a lot of foreclosure leads. I do a lot of mm. likely to default leads because in, it, to me, it's like the people that are kind of forced to sell quickly. So highly, there's no one more motivated than someone that has three weeks to, to sell their house. And, and, yep. and most of the people that are in foreclosure have equity. Like 90 something percent have a giant amount of equity so they could all sell their house before foreclosure at a profit, but still at a discount. And it's amazing how often it still doesn't happen. And so yep. we, we've been doing this new thing now where we're taking our, you know, taking the foreclosure leads and we have a, you know, essentially a caller calling all of them, like calling all of them, turning them into a hot lead and seeing what we can convert them to. And we found several lately that were a lot of that hybrid offer mm -hmm. deal. So when we're calling, we're saying, Hey, how much do you want? And if it's a good enough deal, you know, we go back to them and say, all right, here's, here's the deal. We could, we could pay you 130,000 for the house right now. Yep. Um, and, or if you want to like put $10,000 into it, or, or we can like list it on the MLS as is for you and we can list it for like 170 mm -hmm. or if you want to do like 10,000 bucks worth of fix up, you know, we can list it for you for 200. And it's yep. there and it's two hybrid deals. We're saying we can either buy it from you as an investor mm -hmm. or we can list it for you as an agent and we'll help you go through that process of like beating the foreclosure date and things like that. It's still always interesting, like the people that reached back out this week that was like, you know, they they, they named the price. They said, mm -hmm. Can you have this price? We send over the contract, you know, we're ready. And they're like, Oh, my wife hasn't signed it yet, or my ex wife hasn't signed it yet, yep. or all these things, like people they're still like it's funny that distress leads are still moving fairly slow. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, it's like they know they would rather get a little bit of money than like lose it in foreclosure. But at the same time, yeah. something stops them to where we're still not saving yeah. as many of these. It seems a lot easier to, and then some of them just don't have quite enough equity. So we're like, Hey, yeah. the only equity you have is we could sell it for you on MLS. That's, our, yeah. that's your only option. Yep. Um, but so what do you, so worse, I'm seeing some just not closing. We're, we're, I'm not seeing a shortage of leads either. Yep. I'm seeing like, even though there aren't as many foreclosures, when we switch to a likely to default or a vacant list, we can attack them the same way. And we're getting, you know, like in one market, like 10 hot leads a week, which are 10 mm. hot leads, meaning someone said, please buy my house for X. Mm. But we aren't closing that many of, of those hot leads. And so, and you're saying you're seeing the same thing. Why do you think that is? Yeah. I mean, th th there's a couple kind of thoughts I've got, Aaron, and hypotheses. I, I haven't tested them all fully out. So everyone, if you're writing notes on this, just kind of take these as as a data point to go test yourself. But um, that one of the big things right right now that we're finding is there still is a lot of competition, right? Even though agents, the number of registered real estate agents with NAR are down year over year. The last number I saw, I think was 60,000 less agents that are registered as a realtor year over year uh, this year than last year. So there's, there's less competition 
as the overall number amount. But for active agents who are actually selling properties, there's a lot of competition for lower lower inventory, right? I saw I saw a number the other day where the total active listings in America are is a far lower number than the total uh, active real estate agents. So there's more real estate agents than actual listings on the market right now. And so I think people have more options, right? And when, when you have more options to solve the problem, and that goes over to the, to the wholesale or off-market side too, there are a lot of options. Uh, people were trained over the last several years that you can go to an iBuyer. Even though iBuyers aren't buying as much now as they were a year or two ago, that's still an option that's out there. And you've got the retail side and you've got more agents being more being savvy doing what we call hybrid. You know, more agents are recognizing, hey, I need to deliver an offer too now. And so not only do you have the off-market wholesalers, flippers, and then the eight, the peer agents, now you have the, the hybrids of both and the iBuyers and lower inventory. I think what we're seeing is people just see more options, more things to look at and decide on, uh, more analysis that they have to do to figure out what they're going to do next, which puts the onus on you as an investor agent to build credibility and trust. And so that's what we've been focusing on heavily lately. And those clients who are really heavily stepping into becoming the trusted source in the market to building authority and credibility using the internet effectively, uh, we're seeing them close better. Their lead to close ratio is increased over the other ones. We're just relying on follow-up phone calls, one call closes before. Now people are researching more uh, and the data does show that. Now, is that the whole reason? Probably not, right? There's probably other factors in there related to economy stuff, related to inventory, where they're going to move. Maybe their maybe their motivation quite isn't as high uh, as it as it needs to be to force them into making a decision now. So they're willing to wait. Uh, I I don't know, but I think at the end of the day, there's a couple things everybody can do to 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 better grow your business. Do what Aaron mentioned and go hybrid. If you're a pure real estate agent and everything's got to look like this little box of a pretty uh, a pretty listing. Uh, it's got to, it can't be a hoarder home. It's got to have a good foundation, like all the things that lead to a pretty listing. Then you're going to be limiting your opportunity for helping sellers and limiting your income opportunities. So go hybrid. So now every lead you get, you can serve, you can do something with, and you can not only serve, but you can make an income from. Real quick, before we get back to the episode, two things I wanted to share. First, thank you so much for tuning in week after week. It really means the world to all of us. Second, we feel like we're just getting started. If you enjoy what we do here, please follow us on this app, share an episode, or give us a quick review. I promise we're working hard behind the scenes to make this show as good as possible now and into the future. Thanks guys, back to the show. So go hybrid. Number two is double down on building online credibility the right ways. I can give a couple tips on what people can do today, but double down on online credibility. Because when people have all these options, they're weighing three, four, five, six options. They're then in what we call decision phase. And they have to say, I saw these options. I've got this challenge. Which one do I trust the most to solve my problem? And there's ways you can kind of push them over the edge to make sure that that you are that that option. Yeah, the... I've talked a lot about too how the fact when when volume is down, right? It's a it's also a good time to gain market share, right? There's yep. things that you can do while volume's down, so you don't have mm -hmm. as many transactions going on, you don't yep. have as many closings, um, and you don't have as many clients you're running around with. Maybe you don't have as many houses to be looking at, mm -hmm. so, so sometimes should be freed up. And yep. so I've talked to people about like things they can do in the meantime 
Um, and maybe it's just doubling down and doing twice as much of the, the marketing or the door knocking mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. But you can be making less money and gaining market share, knowing that someday the spigot gets opened up again. Someday mm-hmm. sales start happening again at a fast level. Yep. And when they do, you'll be ready. And when they do, then you'll be able to like turn it back on and really you know, grow your business. And so I like that idea too, what Trevor's talking about. So in the meantime, like mm-hmm. while we aren't, while we don't have like, I remember in 2021, I had so many transactions going on that like, I couldn't do anything else. Like every day I was, I was meeting yep. with notaries. There was a, one day a notary came to my office four different times. And she was like, what is going on in this <laughs> office that I'm coming here four uh, times in the same day? So just, yeah. like, so we were so busy. We couldn't do any other stuff. Well, that is not happening. Mm-hmm. So now with our businesses, we're like, redialing in our websites we're redialing in our logos we're redialing in our mesh messaging Mm. we're looking at our crms and we're like updating like our our outbound content to people to to know that we're there so i think when you say building your online persona building Mm -hmm. that online credibility when we are fighting over less stuff and people are researching i mean the first thing they're going to be doing is kind of like searching and things like that so if someone wants to build their online credibility i mean every agent comes with like I think they all come with like a website mm. from their company that says like, maybe it's on the company page and it has like, if you search that agent and has the own page, it's like the about us. And it's like yep. where, you know, what they did with their life or sometimes people have other, so everyone, a lot of people have a built-in website. And I think a lot of agents actually stick with that. They say, cool, I've got one. Everybody at my office has the same one. That's fine. What do you think about that? And, and when it comes to like websites and online credibility, what advice do you give people? Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm pulling up some on my end. I'll, I'll share with people and you guys yeah. can even have, have this resource for free here in a second. But um, the, the first thing that pops up for me, and I'm going to kind of skip over your website question first, then I'll come back to it, is what does online credibility look like? Like when, when people are really researching you and your company to make that decision, if they should work with you or not, what are things they're thinking about? And, and is this something you should even be treating as seriously as I'm saying you should? Well, I'll, let, let's kind of start there. Um, how many times have you guys went to Amazon and tried to buy a product on Amazon and it didn't have any reviews? Like there are some of those products that have no reviews on it, it has zero or one or five, right? Very, very rarely will we ever buy that product because we don't want to be the first person or the perceived first person that tries that thing out. We'll go to what at least is a known quantity, right? We'll go to one that has 35 reviews and we probably have some you know, mental model that we're not going to buy anything with less than X amount of reviews as an example. And so then when you look at Amazon too, uh, their pages are so structured to be able to eliminate all objections you have about that product, right? It's got a preview of the books. So you can preview the whole first chapter. Well, your objection is, what if I don't like the book? We'll read the whole first chapter and just see if you like the style, buy it. Um, it's got reviews. It's got related project products. It's got descriptions down below of the product in deeper details. It's, got, it's even got FAQ on it now where people can ask questions about the product and the product owner can answer it. All of those are aimed at eliminating resistance and eliminating um, you know, those barriers of trust. And so when, when we're... Um, marketing our business, no matter what type of business it is, there's certain resistance points or, or things that are popping up in people's minds that are objections. We have to make sure our website and our online presence solves all those. And what most people do with their agent site is like you said, they, they've got the free, the free broker provided website. Hey, it's free. It's not cost me anything. It's got the basics. It's got their picture, their address, maybe their listings attached to it from the IDX, maybe a little bit about them and that's it. But what if you and every other agent at your brokerage or around town kind of look the same, 
right? There's nothing differentiating you because you all have the same content type of a thing. So then it's based on relationship. Do I know that person? And, or it's based on their reviews or the picture. Do I like the picture of that? Right. And so when, when I think about online credibility and I'm going to share this really quick, Aaron, yeah, I think about three different things. So, uh, the first thing is da, 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 right here. So I've got this little audit that we built for, uh, internally, and then we started to use it with our, uh, our customers too. And I'll, I'll verbalize this for those of you that are listening to this on the podcast. But, um, this one here, I call it the, the decision phase audit. So what decision phase is, is in the marketing journey or the customer journey, uh, your, your client jumps through certain phases, uh, to become a customer, right? At the very far end, the left side of the decision phase is they know they have a problem, but they don't know what solutions there are to solve it. So they go research it. They ask some friends, they go online and look, they see the billboard or whatever it is. Now they move to the next phase, which they understand there's some solutions out there, right? But now they are trying to figure out which solutions are best for me. I understand there's agents now. I understand there's investors. I understand there's iBuyers. So they're looking at these. I understand there's you know for sale by owner. So they're looking at these options as, as ways now to, to, to solve it. And then they start to narrow those options down. And then they say, yes, I definitely want to go with an agent. I definitely want to go with an investor. And now they're going to go look at the actual companies to work with because they found the billboard or they got the postcard or they got the cold call or they did the Google search and found five websites. So now they're, they're in the decision phase and they've gone through the whole process and said, there's these three people or three companies I'm looking at, or there's these two. What do they use to make that determination? Oftentimes they're going to hit the internet to make that determination. So the first things I have people do is a search at search site social. Okay. Search site social. Those are the three things that I look at with online credibility, search site social. So a search, here's a few questions you can ask. And I'm showing on the screen an actual audit tool uh, that we have. And, and Aaron, I can get it to you if you want to get it to the, the customers. Yeah, but you great. go through and answer yes or no on this. And then we have kind of a weighted scale on here based on how important we think that that thing is for their credibility. Out of a score of 100, we want to see you ideally over 95. That means you're excellent. Anything below, let's say 90, you're definitely losing deals. So if you have a average commission per transaction of 10 grand, or you have an average profit per deal of 20 grand or whatever it is, every deal you lose from lack of credibility is costing you 10 to 20,000 bucks. So that free agent site all of a sudden got really expensive because it's losing you one, two, three, four, five, ten 10 deals a year, potentially, depending on your volume. A quick word on our toolbox. We know it can be overwhelming thinking about all of the systems you want to build into your business. And that is why we ask guests to submit their favorite checklist, template, or tracker so you don't have to build from the ground up. Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and click toolbox for your free access. Thanks so much. So you'll go through and, hey, uh, does, does your website rank for your company name or your name when people search it? Number th you know, one to three. Do you have a Google My Business? Yes or no. Do you have 15 reviews on that Google My Business? Yes or no. Uh, is your Google My Business rating a four and a half or above? Uh, do you have a couple other third-party websites that rank in the top five for your company name when people search it or your name uh, plus real estate agent or your name plus real estate or your name plus location? Do you have other third-party reviews? Um, I'm going to kind of skip past some of this, but another little one is, are you advertising in Google Paperclip for your own company name? And I'm going to advertise for my competitors' company names too, because they're not advertising for their own name usually, and I can drive them to me. So the site part of it, I'm just buzzing through some of these high-level things, is do you have an about page, first of all, that's strong? 
It's got a picture of you, got a picture of your team. Uh, it's personalized to say your why. Like it's not just, hey, I'm a real estate agent. I like being an agent. Uh, my goal is to help you have a smooth transaction. Every real estate agent's goal is to help people have a smooth transaction, right? So why did you start this? Why are you doing it? Connect with the person at their course. Hey, I was a school teacher for 30 years and, and now tell your story and how you got into real estate. Okay, do you have reviews? Are there five or more good reviews on your website that eliminate the top objections your, your clients bring? Okay, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff down in here. Last part down into social is, um, do you have Facebook retargeting ads going? So if, if, if we're seeing traffic, right? The traffic and leads have not gone down, but the conversion has. So what can we do to, to, to uh, build that trust and credibility further and convert people? Set up a simple Facebook retargeting campaign that when someone lands on your site, like one of these here, I'll, I'll bring up this here, you know, Seth Nielsen, he's a big EXP agent and hybrid investor. When they land on your site and then they go back over to Facebook, are they being shown ads that recapture them back and build credibility? And I like to do this, Aaron. I like to say you should have four ads on the retargeting side of things. You should have three that are straight up testimonials that eliminate objections. So write down your top three objections and why someone chooses to not work with, with, with an agent or an investor, right? It's well, can they really sell it fast? Are they, you know, are, are they actually going to close quickly? Are they going to get me the top dollar? Um, with the real estate investors, are they going to lowball me? Are they really going to close in seven days? It's those objections. Pull out your best client testimonials, ideal video and picture, video or picture, and it should be specifically eliminating your top three objections. Then the fourth ad is what I call direct ask ad. It's like, are you still looking to sell your house in Roseburg? So I buzz through that quickly, y'all. I'll get Aaron the worksheet or a link to it that he can link up in the show notes. But you think of search site social. What shows up in search when people research you? Is that building credibility or removing it? How is your site displaying your story, your content, your credibility, um, your uniqueness? Most, most agent sites don't. And then last is, does your social media profile build credibility or reduce it? A lot of agents, social media uh, profile actually removes credibility uh, because they're not keeping it active. And I, I look at it and there's been no post for six months. That's actually, actually a credibility remover. So I would delete your social media profile if you're not going to be using it on a consistent basis because it, it, it can actually remove your credibility. But isn't that interesting? Like an old website or an old blog or an old social media, if you don't have comments on it, it will actually make people say, this guy's not actually in business. Exactly. It's better to, yeah, it's better to delete an old site than keep yep. it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got a LinkedIn and you don't use it, then it's better to delete it. If you've got a Facebook and you don't use it, it's better to delete it because yep. when people see that it's not on there, like, oh, this guy's out of business. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's a really interesting kind of piece to it. So search social. So, and, and searches, if they search your name, yep. or better yet, they serve, you know, they search like best real estate agent in this area. And mm -hmm. then I love the idea too, of just remembering to one on like Google pay-per-clicks is like, not everybody is going to do um, ads for their own name. Yep. I mean, your company's called carrot. It's the only one, right? Like, so if yep. somebody is trying to find like carrot investment websites, you wouldn't, you don't have to do ads because they're going to find you. But the reason you have to do ads is your competitors will actually put ads on there Yep. because the, the web does such a great way of actually, um, you know, essentially distracting you from what you're looking mm -hmm. for too. So someone could be looking for Aaron Uchastegui, real estate agent, Austin, yep. Texas. Right. And if somebody yep. else is running an ad to that, they're hitting first and it could say why I don't work with Aaron Uchastegui anymore. There's all sorts of ways and tactics. I think yep. most people don't think enough like to run 
ads on your own name. Mm-hmm. Like let's yep. say somebody is just searching, yeah, Aaron Wichtegi agent. You actually want to want to run an ad on that to your own site. And it's counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Like they can find me if they want to, yep. but you're trying to help them uh, get in there. And then I loved the Amazon analogy you gave, mm. right? Of going like you want to, before you buy something, you're looking at the reviews, you're looking through the system. Yep. If it doesn't have, have reviews, you're out. You know, mm. if it looks generic and then it's built in a place that like, you're not sure because half the time we buy something on Amazon, especially the stuff that Brax likes to find because he likes saw it on YouTube. Yeah. I go, is this thing going to show up? What yep. country is it getting shipped from? Is it three inches tall or three feet tall? Like, like what are we really getting? And so mm. we do that on small purchases. That's like a $20 purchase. We're really trying to analyze. Am I really going to get what I pay for? And so at a minimum, our regular real estate websites have to have, you know, everything else out there what have you seen with like ads and searches and things like that you used to have a ton of data on here's what people are searching like here's when they started searching more are pay-per-click ads or facebook ads or instagram ads getting more expensive or less expensive and in that same lines the retargeting that trevor talks about and i didn't even know we could still do this i kind of thought we i kind of thought they were changing it was we used to be able to like install a facebook cookie on our site Yep. So anytime someone hit our site, Facebook knew they hit our site and then we could run an ad on Facebook and say, Hey, everybody that went to my, you know, my Roddy's site mm. that isn't also a Roddy's owner or, or a member, how do I, you know, make them see this ad that's reminding them to come become an investor? Yep. Yeah. We, we can still do ads like that. They, they did change a couple things. Like we used to take Aaron, we would take our, our, um, our retargeting audience or the audience that was our, a website visitor and then we would do what's called a lookalike audience. So we would tell Facebook, hey, Facebook, take those people who've been on our website or visited multiple pages on our website because they're probably a good prospect and look for someone just like them on Facebook. So that kind of stuff has is, is kind of gone away. But what, what does still work is just straight up retargeting ads. But uh, let me share a couple things right now, man. Yeah. What, what, I, what, I would, what I've been guiding people right now is working with EXP Corporate on a couple of things for some big, big projects we're working on together for EXP, uh, what they call investor-centric agents. And as we're looking into the data, year over year, paid search or Google ads has improved pretty dramatically. So if we were to look at year over year or, or year over the last two years, we would always historically have Google organic search, which our clients dominate for motivated house sellers. If you're to search like sell my house fast, insert any city in America or up into Canada or even down in South Africa now, you're usually going to find between three and eight uh, carrot sites dominating page one in Google for motivated seller phrases. So we have a lot of that data. But what 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 we're seeing what we were seeing happen was we were always seeing Google pay per click being like let's say half or three quarters of the lead flow that organic was it's equal now so and, and it's not that organic went down organic has still stayed strong google ad uh, effectiveness went up so it grew about 20 percent year over year for us uh, which is interesting so a, a couple things to kind of point out is while we are seeing a higher cost per lead in some cases so our, our cost per lead has gone up a little bit uh, we might be spending i was looking at some data the other day uh, we might be spending 200 250 a buck 80 for a really good targeted motivated seller lead in, in a certain market which a lot of people are going to go oh my gosh i'm not going to pay 250 bucks for a seller lead right i'm getting them for 85 bucks over here i'm getting them from you know z buyer or whatever it is for 35 dollars. well the quality of those leads are different okay the person who's going to the internet and searching sell my house fast dallas they're looking to sell their house fast or the best keywords 
are are the ones right now that are performing amazingly well, not as high volume, but they're crushing it on conversion uh, to deal is are ones that are specifically talking about cash home buyers. So it literally says companies that buy my home in Dallas, um, cash uh, offer buyers or cash home buyers in this market. So it's phrases like that. They're doing well. Now we're paying 250 lead for those, but they're converting one and eight to one and 15 of those into a deal. And so let's say you, let's say it takes you 10 of those leads to get a deal at 250 bucks. That's $2,500 deal right there. And if your average profit deal is 15 to 25,000 bucks, you, you, you 10 X your, your investment there. And so really understanding the numbers and the math behind it. But a couple of things are working great right now, Aaron. Uh, organic search is still crushing it and doing great. We did see paid search, like I'm showing here on the screen, the conversion yeah. rate from visitor to lead on paid search is increasing. When, when we see that, it's usually a trend that there's motivation in the market, that the motivation is more acute and they're looking to actually do something. They're looking to sell in this case. And so then you ask on the other end, well, you go, well, why is it then that if motivation is acute and we're seeing more people convert into a motivated house seller lead, why are a few of them converting into deals? Well, for me, it's that slingshot analogy again. I think we're building up this demand right now because of many factors. Um, the economy is kind of weird, but we haven't had a bunch of mass layoffs lately like we did for you know 2022. That's kind of calmed down a bit. People are kind of uh, hesitant and calling for the recession now. Some are still, some aren't. I think in general, uh, you know, people are doing okay right now. Inflation isn't going like this like it was a year ago, but it's still going up a little bit. Um, I think until we hit a real moment that actually causes more financial distress, then we'll see that slingshot snap and more people who are looking and seeking out, maybe selling, I think they'll actually sell. And also the inventory issues there, right? Is can I find another place? If I'm not insanely motivated, I'm motivated, but not crazy motivated. Can I hang on to this a little bit longer and wait for something to pop up in the market? So there's some dynamics there, but paid marketing is working great. Social is, is, is it always works, but your conversion rates lower, like I'm showing on the screen. It's about you know, a, a third lower from visitor to lead. But when we really dive into some of these other ones, like video is still winning big time. So I'm, I'm clicking into, into the data. This is across about you know, 10,000 websites across North America, South Africa, you know, uh, and over into a little bit Australia. This is the past about 12 months, uh, just in this one lead source. And this is mostly sellers. So 47,320 seller leads all through the internet. Facebook is still the dominant source when you're talking social, dominant. So if you're wanting to still get leads, Facebook still works well. Instagram is picking up. A year or two ago, Aaron, we were not seeing Instagram, TikTok. We were not seeing those convert into leads a whole lot, right? Yeah. And so now this isn't a lot of leads, but 782 people came from a TikTok posting and became a lead. And most of those are sellers. Real quick, as you likely know, the 2024 Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind is sold out. But if one of your preferred vendors is looking for marketing opportunities, we are looking for sponsors. We would love to get their name and business out to 80 highly motivated real estate agents from across the country. Know someone who'd be interested? Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and shoot us a quick email for more information. Thanks so much. Back to the show. Uh, YouTube. Over 2,655 people literally clicked a link on a YouTube description. They clicked the link and went to a carrot site and turned into a lead, most of those sellers. I think that the last thing I'll share with you that, that is the coolest 
is when I talk about marketing, especially when we're in a market like right now, we want to we want to go. What can we focus on? Like you were saying, Aaron, how do we work on the foundations of our business when when maybe we're not getting the flood of business like we were a year ago? We have a little bit of extra time. How do we work on the foundations of our business so when that market picks back up, we're ready and we're going to be capturing that that demand. You focus on the types of leads, in my in my opinion, that are they're going to be the highest leverage and highest quality. Focus on attracting the highest quality leads at, as a foundation of your business model, and you're going to end up uh, uh, having um, a higher, much higher lead to con- to deal conversion ratio, much higher click to lead ratio. You're going to have to filter through fewer unqualified leads and make more money. And then you can layer on lower qualified leads on top to scale. But the highest qualified, the highest quality leads we're seeing are leads that come from video. So if you look at TikTok, it's almost 10% of all the traffic that came from a TikTok uh, click became a lead. Almost 10%, 9.31% of everybody who clicked the TikTok link and went to a Carrot Client's website became a lead. That's the highest conversion rate by far of any channel. Then you go up here to look to some other ones, uh, Instagram stories, YouTube, they're double what most other sources are because they're coming from video. So start adding video to your sites, y'all. If you're not, start putting more video out that educates and builds trust and credibility. And those are going to increase your conversions. I love the data that you have on search. I mean, you have more than more than anybody. And it's all it's been like this. I remember even when when COVID first hit, we'd get on here and we'd see the charts of when we could actually see when people started, you know, yep. you know, searching again and, and posting again. And we could like see the trend happening before like the government could see the trend happening. Yep. Because we could say like, Hey, if people are searching this, this is how they're thinking. And, mm-hmm. and it looks like search, you know, is pretty stable. I guess the biggest thing I want to add to it, I mean, Trevor, we, we've only got really a minute or two left, but something I thought was really interesting uh, for me lately is one, I, I guess the advice I'd give everybody is Trevor's right about pay-per-click and like Google my business pages and YouTube ads and things like that. Uh, but also don't run any ads until your site and your landing page is right. Because mm. Trevor's talking about paying $2.50 for a lead, but that's only half the battle. I would start running these YouTube leads toward one of my courses. I saw a $1,000 how to buy foreclosures course. Yep. And I would get so many leads that I wasn't paying very much for my leads at all, but I wasn't capturing any of them. My capture mm. rate was so low. Yep. And we started to look at it with people. They're like, well, you're going from that to this paid site and your landing page actually sucks. So even though you've got a great offering and a great product, your landing page sucks. And we converted that to, you know, add to a free webinar. Mm. Well, now people are, if they were interested, signing up for my free webinar is easy. And then they watch the webinar. And then a certain amount of people that watch the webinar, now they go buy the course uh, because it's not new. So so paid search, all that stuff, that stuff works. um, But also making sure that where it's going is where it lands. The Trevor, this has been a fun kind of like power lunch break for us. But I know that, that your time is, is short. Any last things um, you know, that you want to say tell, and tell everybody? Yeah, dude, I, I, I think the biggest thing kind of goes back to mindset, right? That to, to recognize when, you know, recognize them more than their cycles, right? There, there are cycles and you might have a year that's a down year or, or two years that are down. But as long as we're looking three, five, 10 years out and you know that in general, things head in the right direction. I think that's the first thing is lock into a long-term mindset because when things do go like this, it's easy for people to want to give up, right? They, they, they go, well, it's hard. Now let me go do this other thing. And, and I, I, I can at least tell from my experience that it might be hard, but it's, 
I think the real hard is going back to do something you don't want to do, going to get in a job that you don't want and, and having a hundred percent guarantee that you're going to do something for decades longer that you don't want to do just because sticking with real estate is hard for you during the season. Uh, number two, build your network like crazy right now. Okay. This is the time guys go out there and meet other agents, meet other investors. If you're an agent and you don't know 10 investors in your market who are buying houses uh, that are wholesaling, talk to them because you have deals in your pipeline as agents that you may not know how to solve, but the right investor in your area might, and you can profit from those and help serve those clients that you're not able to serve. So build your network right now, big time. Um, and I think the third thing really is, is work on the foundations of the business right now. You know, when things are a little bit harder, tight, you pull back and say, okay, uh, I need to, I need to tighten things up right now because they got, I maybe got a little bit sloppy a year ago. I maybe got a little bit sloppy three years ago because revenue was just coming in. And now I need to kind of trim down some of my non-essential expenses. I need to, to work on the foundations of my messaging and my credibility and build better systems. Uh, use AI now to kind of you know, trim some of those expenses if you need to. But really look at ways that you can kind of do a little bit defense right now so you can do heavy offense as the market gets better. Yeah. Yeah. And for you guys too, like, so Trevor puts out lots of stuff on Instagram. He's probably on a bunch of other sources too. the, so go check out what he's doing, um, for stuff out there, you know, carrot. And I think most of Trevor's businesses in general are about bringing in inbound leads. It's about mm -hmm. setting up systems to bring in inbound leads and then doing enough follow-up to make sure you convert those leads. So by inbound, it means people searching and finding you. You know, and uh, the software that we have, our Roddy's Propox software, it's about outbound leads. You know, we're actually taking leads and we're calling them and we're door knocking them and we're sending them letters. Mm -hmm. And these are two, they're two totally opposite business yeah. plans. I also think the business plans go hand in hand. I think they people do. need a little bit of all of it. So we're doing the outbound where we're going and telling somebody like, hey, have you thought about selling your house? If mm -hmm. so, talk to us. Uh, Trevor's stuff is capturing people that are active at it, but the way they also go hand in hand is as soon as I, you know, call somebody and say, Hey, have you thought about selling your house? And they say, who is this? Yep. And I say, Aaron, you know, then they're going to search. They're going to find, you know, your landing page, your website and the rest of that stuff. So again, I think it's all uh, great business plans to do. Trevor, uh, what's your uh, Instagram URL and best place for people to reach out to you? Yeah, for sure. Um, Trevor.mock, that's M-A-U-C-H. Find me on IG, share kind of all kinds of data, things we're doing behind the scenes, or just hit me up at Carrot, uh, Carrot.com. We have a bunch of cool free information over there. Uh, go dive in and, and see uh, see if you can uh, capture some more more demand in this market. But cool. Aaron, appreciate you, man. And the new podcast you guys have going with uh, Matt Aitchison and the other dudes, it looks awesome. So if you guys that have not checked that out, check it out. Yeah. The thanks. Thanks for listening to that. I'm glad I thought, I thought you would like that. It's been some fun yep. conversations. Well, Trevor, thanks for coming. Real estate rock stars. Thanks for awesome. listening. Thank you guys. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite radio network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.